You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, it's changing the way we talk about sports. The Miami Heat will kick off their playoff run this Saturday against the Milwaukee Bucks with Game 1 officially set to begin at 2 p.m. on ESPN and Bally Sports. Never get used to that. So to get you ready for that series, I'll have various previews with multiple guests and no one better to get us started off right than one of the great writers over at Sports Illustrated and someone very sensitive about Lord of the Rings jokes. It's Rowan <laughs> Nodkerney. How are you, Rowan? I'm good, David. How are you? Oh, uh, I think uh, a little better than you are when it comes to Lord of the Rings jokes. But then again, there's it's no... Not, it's just that every person thinks of the first person referencing lord of the rings when they hear my name and i have to pretend to be like oh you did it like every time <laughs> and as a as a friend of mine uh tim rohan pointed out so this all started uh tim rohan who was an old colleague of mine at sports illustrated we're out at a bar saturday night because that's a thing you can do now right and uh we they were like what's your name for the table and we were like funnily enough we share the name rohan so we're like rohan and they're like oh lord of the rings like blah 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 and i was like tim have you also been dealing with this your entire life and he said yes and then he followed up with that statement with the you know he added on that those people are never trying to flirt he didn't use the word flirt um <laughs> But I was like, you know what? That's a good point. It's, it's These people just have no interest in you whatsoever. They just simply love Lord of the Rings that much. And yes, I'm over it. It's been going on for, you know, 20 some odd years now. So well, I could the, use a break. Yeah, I mean, the, the Euler circles of people who like Lord of the Rings and are capable of flirting that easily are, are probably not intersecting at all. <laughs> so I think that's that's pretty much a guarantee there. I mean, you're, you're not going to bust out the Lord of the Rings joke uh, upon first meeting somebody and then be a, a casual flirter, at least not my not in my experience anyway. Right, I, haven't, right. I haven't found anybody like that. But, you know, I understand it could be a little concerning. Uh, I, worst I've ever gone was uh, Dave's Not Here, man. I, I think that's from a Cheech and Chong movie. I have no idea where okay. it is. Okay. All right. But the reason why I wanted to have you on the show was, well, again, you're a friend of the program and everything else, but you had a recent tweet that I think uh, sent everybody kind of nervously at Heat Twitter there because you you posted your concerns about the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this was prior to the last game of the season for Miami when it was apparent that their opponent would be the Milwaukee Bucks. But your tweet was that the Milwaukee Bucks would not be losing to the Miami Heat in the opening round of this series. Uh, is that something that you're actually, do you actually believe that the Bucks are capable of meeting Miami? Is this a reverse jinx? I know we talked about this a little bit before the show started, but I want to get your, your take on this because I'm curious because you've always been such a big supporter of the Miami Heat and, and a big believer in what they can do. Do you think they could lose to Milwaukee this series? Do I believe the Bucks are capable of beating the Heat? Listen, I don't think you can apply what happened last year to this series. I think the Bucks are winning this series, and I might even be picking them in five games. Wow. So yes. this isn't this is no reverse jinx. This, this is, is not a reverse belief. jinx. Listen, everybody who follows me, like I know that I'm gonna get dragged if the Heat somehow win this series and like 
people are going to be cold taking me, etc. I don't, and I obviously I'd be fine with it. I'd be sure. fine with the heat advancing. I just think the Bucks are better constructed than they were last year, and they're they're playing a better style. I, and the idea that they're going to repeat the mistakes they made last year, it's I don't see that happening. I see Giannis playing more minutes. I see Giannis playing more off ball. I see Giannis playing more as a role man. I see them switching more. I see them signing a guy or acquiring a guy like PJ Tucker so they can play smaller uh, in the playoffs. Drew Holiday is going to be a massive upgrade. I mean, the Heat were just ignoring guys like Eric Bledsoe and George Hill on offense. That's not going to be able to happen with Drew Holiday. Not to mention he's an all NBA caliber defender uh, for them to throw at Jimmy Butler now. You know, Jay Crowder was shooting incredibly well during the playoffs last year. They have some of that with Ariza. You know, Dragic has been up and down this year. Can he be as good uh, in this series as he was during the playoffs last year? I'm not sure. I I just think that there are, you know, people think it's going to be a run back of last year's first round. And I just think that the variables are a lot different this year that I'm not, I'm nowhere. Like last year, I, I think I picked the Bucks only because, it would have been irrational not to. I understand people are like, well, the Heat one in five. It is. We would have been really irrational to pick against the Bucks last year. And at the same time, like I felt like the Heat were capable of an upset. I I just don't see that the same way this year. I think the the Bucks are a better team. The Heat. I you know I understand the numbers with Jimmy on the floor and what they've done when Jimmy's been healthy. They've still been such an inconsistent team this year. Uh, I don't know that they have confidently found their best five man lineup, even though, you know, stats might back up certain ones, et cetera. Is so confident with those five necessarily down the stretch of a playoff game that remains to be seen. And then you factor in the fact the bucks are actually going to have home court this year. The heat are actually going to have to win games in Milwaukee, something they didn't have to do during the bubble. Uh, I just think it's a, a completely different scenario. And, you know, some heat fans are, there's so much confidence that I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried for that. Look, those are all good points. Um, I, I feel, I look, I mean, we could break down each and every one of them and, and there's probably a good case for and against those, but I think let's, let's look at the bubble thing. First and foremost, I'm not sure how much of a factor it'll be. Like, I think obviously we, we know now in retrospect that Miami was, if not ideally suited for the, the challenges of the bubble, at least they responded to them more effectively than most of the teams there I I think they were just kind of built for it they were aware of those challenges and they sustained them they survived them uh, better than anybody even better than the Lakers in my opinion I I think just their focus was so singular and they were able to even from the the very first when they walked into their own little personal space there as a team and had the photos of family members and things of that sort like those kinds of remembrances just helped I just I think brought the team together in a way that other teams might not have been able to to kind of work together as closely and they just survived the challenges a lot more effectively but so I don't also I also don't think they're going to go to Milwaukee and like crumple I don't think they're going to fall apart I don't think they're going to crumble but I mean Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero have never played in that kind of environment before and I think to assume we know how they're going to respond based off the bubble I I that's a good you point. Know, I mean, I get that. Um, I mean, and those Milwaukee fans are going to be going nuts. I, I, they were supposed to have home court throughout the playoffs last year. Um, it, it's just, yeah, I, I we haven't seen guys like Hero and Robinson in that environment. And 
Oh, Hero like, doesn't care. I haven't really seen, I mean, you know, Bam, I, I think it's going to be a different challenge for him now also. I mean, the last time he was in a playoff environment like this, the circumstances were a lot different for him. So I, he was on the team in his rookie year that, right? That was the last in time he was in the playoffs. Yeah, Philadelphia. I mean, that yeah, series so, there. It's, you know, it's not a was, lot of experience. So. Exactly. So it's certainly not as the guy he is now. So I just think it's going to be a much different challenge. Like it's a better Bucks team. And on top of that, when you mix in the fact that they have home court and guys like, you know, Hero Robinson, et cetera, haven't faced that. I mean, certainly Miami doesn't have, you know, Dragic or Godala, Jimmy. Uh, they, they've been in those battles, Ariza even. So it's not like they're lacking experience, but when those important guys – have to adjust to that also. I think it's going to be it's going to be bit. I disagree with you there. That's something that happens very often. I just don't think it's going to be that much of a factor. Duncan, I mean, maybe he can got, be gotten to a little bit more. And Tyler, I think, really kind of just from what he's shown, sort of thrives in that sort of challenge. Uh, I know he certainly he does, but I and I'm I I think that over the the, the arc of time, it, it it doesn't make a huge difference. But I mean, role players do play better at home. That's a thing that happens. And it especially happens during the playoffs and it almost always happens during someone's first playoffs. And I know that this isn't those guys' first playoff run, but it's, it's their first one approaching normal. And I, I would be surprised if it had had no impact during the series. Well, he struggled last Saturday in Milwaukee. Like, you know, it was kind of a a sharp contrast to how Duncan responded over that two game set in Boston. Like I, I was watching Duncan play those two games against the Celtics and he just looked great. Like he looked comfortable. I'm thinking, oh man, maybe he yeah. reconnected with an old girlfriend or family or something. <laughs> like he just, he looked like he was like, in, just like happy to be there. And then conversely, just, like know, Tyler's not happy outside of Miami with his girlfriend here, I guess. What is with you and the girlfriends today, man? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think they're NBA players, Rowan. I, I think you're aware of what happens with the girlfriends there. They're adults. Um, I just think that like if you look back on that Bucks series last year, if that had happened in a normal year, the Heat would not have gone up 2-0. Wow, that's a strong statement. I mean, look, the thing I don't even necessarily think like the crowd cheering or anything like that really makes that much of a difference on NBA players. Like they can phase that stuff out. The way it really impacts, at least in my understanding, maybe you think differently, but to me, the way it really impacts is referees can be swayed because they love the emotions. They love being able to change the tide of a game. I I kind of feel like it's a bit of a power trip, to be honest with you. Like they like riding those emotions and they kind of ride the wave of them at home more than they do on the road. So I think like the home crowd can get, they get home cooking. That's obvious. That's been part of NBA history for as long as it's existed. So I I just, I feel like that's going to be the case there where maybe Maybe Jimmy's going to want a foul call. He's not going to get it. Conversely, maybe Giannis will get that foul call or or Brooke Lopez or somebody else. Drew Holiday might get a, a call that they normally might not or would not have gotten in the Orlando bubble. So certainly it can play a factor, maybe not to the same kind of level. I don't think the crowd's going to be able to change the outcome of a game as much as so much it could influence the officiating. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a fair point. And I understand that's a, a more rational way to look at it. I just think that, People trying to draw lessons, you know, from last year's, uh, even just what happened on the court and acting as if the Bucks haven't adjusted or haven't learned from that series is, is foolish. And I, I just think it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot different, you know, this time around. And, you know, maybe it goes, maybe it goes long still. And, you know, obviously Spo in a playoff series is so good at adjusting, so good at figuring right. things out. But right. I, I don't know, man. I, I think this Bucks team is built a lot different and, 
I just think they're so highly motivated in a way that the 2014 Spurs were motivated. Like they were humiliated from that loss. Okay. My, my counter to that is that I think one, there's no Greg Popovich there. There's no Tim Duncan. There's no, you know, guys that have won a championship there. I, there's nobody on that roster with championship experience. If I'm not mistaken, like PJ Tucker certainly hasn't won it. You know, Drew Holiday has barely been in the playoffs. Uh, Giannis Middleton on and on. Nobody on that team has the kind of leadership or championship experience that those Spurs team did in order to be able to say, okay, now we're pissed off. Now we're motivated. To me, it's been the, the inverse. Like, I feel like there's more pressure on Milwaukee that if as long, if, if Miami can go in there and, and punch them in the mouth, you know, metaphorically, and want, win one of those two games in Milwaukee, to me, the series shifts almost um, immediately into Miami's favor. Like, there's so much pressure. I think, conversely, like, M Milwaukee will succumb to pressure much more easily than Miami because they're playing with house money. Like, I've made this point recently. Like, nobody expects them to go deep into the playoffs, right? They're flukes. They've been discounted all year. They were discounted. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't know about that. They're the one team that somehow, like, has its cake and eats it where it's like they're the sixth seed, so the expectations aren't high. But then everyone's like... You know, they're the classic team that nobody wants to be played. And everyone was like, don't be surprised if Miami does blank. Like, I don't think they have that reputation. I don't think that I, 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 I would push back on that. I don't think that they're like, they're not flying under the radar. They're not some like underdog, you know, et cetera. Like that, that they lost that when they made their finals run. Last they're, they're a scrappy, gritty bunch, Ron. I, I don't think anybody's, <laughs> nobody's looking at them and saying they can make it to the finals. Yeah, but right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. But I, I, I will say about like Popovich or Spo, even like the, the in-game adjustments is Bud capable of making those adjustments. Like, has he been able to turn the corner during the regular I, I season? I think that they've shown it this year to a degree. I mean, it's one thing that's frustrating about the season. There are for, so few examples of good teams playing each other at full strength. Right. Uh, the Bucks did have a game earlier in the season where they played um, the Nets, and at least two of the three Nets stars were playing. It might have been just after the Harden trade or, or right before, it, uh, somewhere around that time. You know, the Nets ended up winning that game, but down the stretch, the Bucks were running almost exclusively Middleton Giannis pick and roll, something that they, you know, I people would say didn't use often enough during the playoffs, didn't use often enough in previous seasons. And just seeing an adjustment like that alone, them going small, using Giannis as a role man where he is devastating. That's a nearly impossible action to guard um, because, you know, if you switch your toast, uh, Middleton is an incredible shooter. You can't drop, uh, you can't trap, etc. It's going to spark all kinds of rotations. You know, the fact that they were willing to do that, busted out in an early season game, went for it. Um, you know, signing, a, or I mentioned this before, acquiring a guy like PJ, uh, who they can kind of slot in next to Middleton, Drew, and Giannis. I, I think they're going to be formidable. I think they've shown defensively they're willing to play uh, more switching coverages, which is a, a thing people are always clamoring for. So, I, you know, it remains to be seen when push comes to shove, when adversity's at his highest, what Bud is willing to do. But he's at least shown that he's, you know, tried to correct some of the issues that everyone was, you know, kind of yelling at them to fix uh, during the last couple of playoff rounds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh, interesting there. You're you're right about the changes they've made as far as like Giannis Antetokounmpo using him more often as a screener and things of that sort. Like it's it's translated into a much more potent offense. I mean, they and were Giannis great. also had another MVP level season. It's not like he would like dropped off this year. People just didn't want to vote for him. But like 
he could easily finish in the top five, even the top three of MVP ballots. He's been that good. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think he, he's deserving of that. I mean, I, I would put him in the top five, certainly. I mean, in, in a world where Russell Westbrook is allegedly getting MVP consideration, I don't see any chance that uh, Giannis wouldn't get any kind of consideration. I mean, he's been certainly deserving, just kind of flown under the radar. It's it's interesting to see that voter fatigue applies to somebody other than LeBron James. But yeah, I think he's, he's certainly been one of the best players in the league. But we'll continue our conversation in the next segment. I'm here with Ron Nodkerney of Sports Illustrated, and you're listening to Locked on Heat, but I just wanted to tell you about this episode because it's been brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. It's a perfect place to start or join the conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties during the playoffs, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, so make sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, it's changing the way we talk about sports. I'm here with Rowan Nodkerney of Sports Illustrated and talking about the Miami Heat taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, game one set to begin on Saturday at 2 p.m. Are we making too big a deal about no Jimmy and uh, not being available for the three regular season matchups against the Milwaukee Bucks? Because you, you hear what Milwaukee and their team said in their presser yesterday about not having faced this Heat team without Jimmy Butler and they're not too concerned like Drew Holiday says yeah I think we know what Jimmy Buckets can do I think Bud uh, Budenholzer said something similarly about not necessarily being concerned do you think it's being overblown because a lot of people certainly Heat fans are looking at that as perhaps one of their saving graces that well we haven't faced them at full strength we haven't had Jimmy there what do you think about that yeah, honestly, I didn't even know that was a storyline. I didn't know that was a thing. You were talking about. I saw that, I saw like one Tom Haverstro tweet about it, and that was it. And I don't blame the Bucks for not being concerned. It's not like, you know, I they know what Jimmy can do. They're familiar sure. with Jimmy. You know, it was just that kind of season. I don't think the Bucks have any reason to be concerned. I understand why Heat fans are maybe using that as their saving grace, but you don't, you don't have to look at the two matchups between these teams specifically to kind of get an understanding of this series. You know, I really think that if Oladipo were healthy, he wouldn't have to be at an all-star level, but he is, he would have been such a critical person in their closing lineup. If we want to get down to it, here's where I think the series is going to hinge. If there is a hinge point, because I really think the bucks are the better team. Wow. And so cold. You're, you're, you're direct about it. I can't believe it. Like I, I was hoping you would say, no, it's, it's heat and five heat and six. Like always. This is my job. I don't, I, I don't pick no, the heat I, all I the know. time. I know you don't. I know you don't. And uh, I believe Christian Hernandez was sending out these stats with like the heat's best four man group by far this year has been, not, you know, of the people left on the team, it's hero Robinson, uh, Jimmy and bam. And then, Iguodala has been decent with that lineup. Ariza has been very good with that lineup. Dragic has been okay with that lineup. Those four, you know, those four guys that I mentioned, I think the obvious kind of closing group for them in this series is hero Robinson, Butler, Ariza, and bam. 
And can that hold up defensively against Milwaukee? I mean, you can put Bam and Jimmy on Milton and Giannis, switch that action, but can you survive with Hero guarding Drew Holiday? Um, can you, no. you know, survive, uh, you know, rebounding wise, which the Heat have struggled with at times? Um, you know, is PJ Tucker and or PJ Tucker and Duncan Robinson going to be battling for rebounds? Uh, PJ's really good at getting those key offensive boards. So, you know, can they survive with that lineup? I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. We've seen Hero uh, get targeted in games. It was Marcus Smart, I think, scored on him three or four possessions in a row. Oh yeah, that first Heat Celtics game. So, and he's not, you know, necessarily known for his one-on-one offensive game. So, I, I just don't know if the Heat can survive. Uh, you know, one of those lineups and Oladipo is the guy who he didn't even have to play huge minutes, but he would have just been a perfect closing guy. You have to respect him offensively and he could defend. So I I just, I don't know that they're going to have, they're going to be able to put up the same kind of defense uh, this year, which I know sounds silly, but you know, Dragic hasn't been the same guy. Ariza is a good defender, but he's not quite as, uh, you know, stockily built as Jay Crowder. That might make a little bit of a difference. So that to me is where I get a little nervous with this series. I mean, those are all good points. Um, look, in the five games last year, Jimmy Butler shot 48 of 54 at the line. I mean, that's that's over 10 attempts uh, per game. Uh, amazing work there. Uh, I don't know that we can expect that. I, to our point earlier, I mean, when you're looking at home cooking not being in Miami's favor, I, I just don't know that he's going to be able to count on that big a part of his offense to, to make a difference the way it did against the Bucks last season. So it's, it's a huge point there. I, I had not realized that Jay Crowder was so prolific uh, in that series average over 15 points per game. Uh, in, he in shot the five 43% games. from three and hit uh, at least four in, in all but one game. Yeah. 22 of 15. I mean, look at he was, look, this is it. I haven't pulled up. This is Jay Crowder. All right. Three of seven from three, four of 12, five of 11, six of 12, four of nine. Can they get that kind of shooting from Ariza? I'd be surprised. He hasn't been shooting at that volume. I mean, Crowder was letting it fly. And at that point, he was hitting threes at a super high rate. Yeah. Um, no, you know, to, to that point, like Trevor has actually been effective because he's been looking to get to the rim more because his shot hasn't been falling. Like it, it provides a, a different dynamic to an offense that occasionally looks stagnant. And last season, it didn't need to be you know reinvigorated with him driving to the hoop because Crowder was so great from the perimeter that he could just you know provide instant offense that way. It was it was a game changing on its own. So yeah, absolutely. I, I don't look the loss of Crowder probably the biggest issue I think for Miami I think his offense in particular his versatility defensively I don't think Ariza is going to be able to provide that now if there is one factor in Miami's favor maybe I'm I'm curious to get your take on it it's the addition of Dwayne Dedman um you know Olenek didn't get a lot of Dedman (laughs) is this genuine enthusiasm or is this outstanding like when was the last time they had a backup big that was this reliable I guess Bam when he was the backup, but no one wanted him to be the backup. Chris Anderson, maybe. Yeah, Birdman, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't even know who is who is Milwaukee's backup center. It feels like I, I should probably know this, but I, I don't. Do they have a? Is it Bobby Portis? Does he just play the five? I mean, the yeah. At side? this point, they're re- usually just going small. When I mean, you know, they traded uh, Wilson in the off season, et cetera. Right. So. I, I don't know that Deadman is going to make a huge difference. I mean, Bam is going to be playing. They're not going to play together. 
and Bam is going to be playing close to 40 minutes a night. So, well, I mean, I'm trying to think like, does Spo provide like a new wrinkle? Like, obviously, the start of the playoffs last year, he goes with Jay, takes out Myers Leonard, um, you know, enters uh, Goran Dragic there as a starter. Does he flip the script? Does he start Dwayne Dedman to kind of provide a little bit more size? to balance what Milwaukee does. I, I could see him doing something differently. I don't know that you want to stash a Reza either. He's not going to be necessarily effective off the bench, but you need something to, to kind of take Brooke Lopez out of the, the game a little bit, keep him off the boards where he's so effective as a rebounder. Obviously I've, I've heard a lot of discussions about who starts off guarding Duncan. I'm sorry. Who starts off guarding Lopez? Is it Duncan Robinson's you quote unquote hide? Uh, Duncan on Lopez that might not necessarily I mean I think work. they're gonna do what they did last year which was see if they can get away with the reason Giannis to start at first keep Bam at home but make him roam a little bit I don't think sure. they're I would imagine that's how they start at least could I see somehow Deadman starting that would be an act of desperation but we're already at the point where we're asking ourselves if Dwayne Deadman can be the difference and I love Dwayne Deadman he's genuinely been great for Miami but this guy was on the street, you know, oh, I know. So to speak. So, you know, however long ago. And like, is that the guy you really think is going to make a difference in a playoff series? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I look at this series and maybe I, I, like I said before, I see that Milwaukee just does not have the, the chutzpah to, to kind of just take it to the heat again. I just, I feel like they can be gone. Uh, I, I just, they don't strike me as being, having the mental fortitude of being able to take that leap against a team like Miami that doesn't seem to really care uh, about their opponent. And I made this point recently, like all the talk about the playing tournament and everything else in Miami has never wavered in that they don't care. Like we're the eighth seed, we're the ninth seed, we're the 10th seed, whatever. We're going to take on all comers and handle that challenge and that responsibility. And they get that cue clearly from Jimmy Butler who, who can change a game and a series more than any player on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Like, I feel like Giannis certainly is a game changer. Middleton is fantastic. I've talked about them a lot, but I, I just see that that Butler's impact on a game is much more momentum changing in a way that Giannis's is not. Do you agree or disagree there? I'm the biggest Jimmy Butler fan, but I think Giannis can match him in a series. I really do. I, and really? it's not, that's not an insult to Jimmy. No, it's both, not. It's an MVP level player in Giannis. They're obviously. both just, yeah. Top 10 talents. Giannis's case, an MVP back to back for a reason. So I know what you're saying. I think Jimmy can get the best of him some nights, but I think Giannis can get the best of him some nights as well. All right. How important is an aggressive Bam at a bio? Because obviously that's been a sticking point for Heat fans <laughs> uh year. But uh they, even on Saturday in that matchup against the Bucks, they were giving him plenty of room to shoot. And he just he needs to be able to capitalize on those. Uh, you know, especially with Lopez. If Lopez is dropping against Bam, he needs to be able to take advantage of that matchup. It was interesting because we saw it in that Sixers game. He was going at Embiid. He wasn't just simply taking the shots that Embiid was giving him, but like if he, he could play Miles him. Turner and Joel Embiid every time, he'd score 30 points per game. Yeah, it was fascinating to see him go at Embiid like that because Embiid has such a size uh, advantage on him. Yeah. That, you know, Bam would get in his body a little bit, him with the fadeaways, et cetera. Listen, Bam needs to be aggressive. Cooper Moorhead, who I think we all respect and follow, brought up a no, great point, all. I think, after no that respect. Bucks game. None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he brought up after that Bucks game that, you know, when Jimmy's out, Bam isn't only asked to score more, he's also asked to facilitate more. So it's not an easy for him, position for him to be in. I Good think point. he also was just fed up with that game. Jimmy wasn't playing. 
I think they knew they didn't really have a shot once he was sitting. Um, you know, the Bucks weren't resting anyone, et cetera. Like, I, I wouldn't hold that game against him. Does Bam need to be aggressive? Yes. Are people maybe getting a little bit on him too hard uh, for him being, quote unquote, not aggressive enough? Yes. I think both things can be true. All right. Well, let's save the, our discussion for the next segment. You're here listening to Locked on Heat. I'm here with Rowan Nodkarni of Sports Illustrated. Thanks so much for listening. But let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Uh, you know, nine delicious flavors. If you haven't tried one by now, Rowan, have you had any of our delicious flavors of Built Bars? I don't think so. And I'm intrigued. Oh, they're they're great. They're coconut. Look, uh, my my former co-host Wes Goldberg, I, a strong hatred of cookie dough. I didn't realize this until talking to him about it because it's one of the delicious flavors that they offer at Bill Bar. But yeah, apparently he's not a big fan of cookie dough. Where do you stand on the Bill uh, the the cookie dough spectrum? Cookie dough is great, and it makes sense that Wes, someone who doesn't understand anything, wow. whose sole purpose until in life is to ruin other people's joy, it makes sense to me that he wouldn't like it. Wow, that's a strong take. I don't agree with that one there, but I mean, look, he, he, his rationale is that it's so close to being something good. But you know, you never have to worry about that with Built Bar because they're a finished product. Uh, they're incredible. You don't even know that you're eating a protein bar. Again, they're uh, soft and easy to chew. They're all 100% covered in chocolate. So it's like having an indulgent treat. But also at the same time, if you're looking to lose or maintain weight, they're the perfect snack for you. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, You'll get 15% off your first order. You can mix and match, build a box of your own. That's one of the best features, I think, on BuiltBar.com. So go there and check it out and get, make sure to use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And when you're done saving a little money at BuiltBar, go to bet online and make a little bit extra money because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. There's tons of sports action from around the world right now with the start of the new WNBA season. Of course, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and much more. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonus, bonuses, and contest information. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Murkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I'm here with Rowan Nodkarnia, Sports Illustrated. We're talking about the Heat Bucks. We'll play a little game called NBA AdLibs later on, something I stole. And my former co-host, Wes Goldberg. Wes and I are getting you on, on the show regularly during the playoffs so we can talk about Miami's potential deep playoff run because I think you're wrong. I think the Heat are going to beat the Bucks. I think Heat in six wow. is my prediction. Uh, you're sticking with yours of uh, Milwaukee in five? Yeah, I'll go Bucks in five just to really rile up the the fan base just really go full wrestling heel i'll go bucks in five good good and, and to be clear again no reverse jinx in place here i know you'd be happy with a different outcome but you are a professional of course this is your job you're not rooting for any particular team here but your your expert analysis looks at milwaukee's reconstructed roster the changes they've made and says you know what jimmy butler at all is not capable of handling that 
I wouldn't go so far as to say that's exactly what you're saying. It. Yes, you're it's exactly what you're saying. You're saying Jimmy Butler is looking at Drew Holiday and basically shitting his pants. I'm saying that I think the Bucks are a better team and have had a better season and will win the series. You're, you're saying that 40 year old PJ Tucker is better than 39 year old Trevor Ariza in a matchup. <laughs> I, I'm just picking the Bucks, man. That's it. <laughs> You you were you were on the PJ Tucker bandwagon for a long time. I know we talked about it quite a bit. I I, I imagine you're probably a little upset that Miami wasn't able to make an, a a move for a player of his caliber, although he's fallen off a cliff somewhat. I, look, he's been really effective. I had not realized that his three point sh shooting had taken such an incredible jump once he got to Milwaukee. It was like, oh, get me out of Houston, and all of a sudden I can shoot the ball as well as I ever have. So I I think. I mean, I it think... helps when you're playing around other good players, too. I mean, he, yes. he's just the kind of guy that's always going to succeed in a certain role, and you put him on a good team, and he's only going to be better. Is there an X factor for Milwaukee that you think could be, like, could change the series? Obviously, we know what we're getting out of Giannis. Miami's hope, any hope that Miami has hinges on their ability to limit him to some degree and to challenge their perimeter shooting, which is, well, I mean, they're among the tops in the league. Is there any any way that is there any kind of player on on Milwaukee's roster that you could see being a, a game changer as an X factor? I do, and it's it's Drew Holiday just because of what he can do on both ends of the floor. Wow, you know, I'm interested to see how the Bucks end up working their rotation for the series. But can he carry the scoring load when Giannis sits? What can he shut down? Can he shut down Tyler Hero? He can, can he shut down Duncan Robinson for a game? He what can. could he do against Jimmy? He's such a good two way player the kind of guy that they just didn't have in the series last year that I think he could really be a, a difference maker and someone who could, you know, wreck things for Miami on both ends of the floor. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I, I didn't like that matchup because, you know, Goran Dragic was such a huge part of Miami's success last year against Milwaukee and holiday, clearly a guy that you can throw a Dragic to challenge him. And I, I think that's a, a bad matchup for Goran. I don't think he can handle that one as effectively as he did Dante DiVincenzo or Eric Bledsoe even. So I, I think that's, that's a, a problem for Miami because they're going to struggle to muster some offense there. So it's going to, it's going to need hero to step up. Duncan certainly is going to have to find a way to get going. He, he's, he can't have, a bad game and he did have them against milwaukee last year he, he was not all that effective he actually only scored nine points per game um you know shot what was it on three point shots uh 35 wow i didn't realize it was that bad yes i mean bad in quotes there because obviously not as great as he was historically shooting for the rest of the regular season but yeah not a great series for him so he's gonna need to step up in kendrick nunn i think clearly he's gonna have to have a huge impact for miami I think he's improved somewhat defensively, but I'm still not counting on him being able to limit a guy like Drew Holiday either. So that's going to be an interesting challenge for Miami. Uh, any overall takeaways there? I mean, obviously, we, we talked a little bit about the series. What's, what's your is there any kind of lasting thoughts that you could give my listeners? Lasting thoughts, I would just say, you know, don't expect the Bucks to be the same team they were last year. I think they've made significant changes. You know, at the same time, I think Spo is going to have the guys prepared. I do think it's going to be hard fought. You know, there are series that are five game series that are close series. I, I don't think the Heat are going to get run off the floor necessarily, but I, I just would say the Heat. We know what they can be at their best, and you know they had a strong close to the season. I get that, but I just don't know that we've seen enough sustained, you know, right. anything from the Heat this year. Uh, 
and you need that. I just think you need that. Even if you've had a group that's played together before, I, I just think it's going to be, I'm interested to see how they respond because they were just so up and down the entire season that I, I have to believe that that, that has an effect at some point. So I, I, that's, that's what I would say is it's a different bucks team. And just think about how many times during this heat season, you were really frustrated and you really wanted to turn off the TV because you were disgusted by their effort or disgusted by a loss, et cetera. Um, that's still this team. So I'm, I'm interested to see uh, just what they're like now in this environment. Yeah, all good points. Also, uh, a little concerning that Miami not nearly as effective in the clutch as they have been and they were last year. I think that was certainly a difference for them is that they were able to just pull away from opponents even when they were down uh, by double-digit leads. It never felt like any game was completely out of their reach. I know a big part of that being Jimmy, but they were getting some clutch shooting from Crowder, from uh, Hero and others, and, and I just don't know if they have that in them this year too. So they cannot afford to... Let a, a, you know, Milwaukee build a big lead early on and, and then not be able to close that gap by the third quarter. And of course, all Heat fans are a little concerned when it comes to the third quarter. But let's move on here. Let's wrap up the show with a little game that we like to play called NBA Ad Libs. I'll make a statement. I'll read out a statement and then you'll fill in the blank for me. And we can discuss it a little bit more. Let's start off with the great, the OG, Udonis Haslam. His few minutes of game action against the Philadelphia 76ers were a blank, Rowan a blast they were a blast that was fun that was the most fun i've had watching the heat at any point this season if you are one of those fans who thinks it's more important for the heat to sign a developmental player or an asset or they make udonis a coach at some point along the way you've lost yourself and forgotten the reason you fell in love with basketball in the first place and it was to watch players it was to get attached with players and Udonis Haslam has a roster spot on my heat for as long as he wants because of what he means to the organization, what he means to the city. The, the fact that people get so wrapped up in, oh, but they're not developing someone or that could be a 15th guy. I, I just don't think you're consuming basketball the right way. I'd ask you to take a step back and appreciate the fact that you still get to watch Udonis Haslam on your favorite team, even if it's only for three minutes a year because of the memories he's given us as Heat fans, because of what he did guarding Dirk in the 06 finals, because of what he did coming back in the middle of the 2011 playoffs in that Bulls series, uh, coming back from injury, uh, what he meant over the years, to me, that those memories of being able to hold on to my favorite players, to still being able to watch them play, so far outweighs, you know, them developing a G League prospect, et cetera, like, is there a quote unquote right way to do it? Right way to build a team? Probably. Is that why I watch basketball to watch general managers extract like every last ounce of utility from their roster spots? No, I watch it because I, I love certain players and I love you, Donna Sazam. And it was a, a blast getting to watch him play again. Well said. I brought a tear to my eye. Um, does he come back next year quickly? God, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think this could be it. I think this could be it. Yeah, same. I, I think he, he kind of said it uh, pretty succinctly what he said. You know, if you if this is uh, if this is my last game here, I went out the way only Udonis Haslam could, and I think that's pretty clear there. Um, moving on, Chris Bosh, recently selected to join the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, ranks blank among Miami's all-time players. Oh, my God. That's a tough question to do off the top of my head. I mean, I think you have to put 
Wade, LeBron, Zoe ahead of him. Do you uh, have to put LeBron ahead of him? I mean, obviously, production-wise. Yes, you have to put LeBron ahead of him. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, that's an argument, right? I mean, the couple extra seasons that we got from Chris – and the fact that he re-signed in 2014 uh, yeah, kind of but puts I him think over it's, the top. it's still LeBron. I think he's, I think he's fourth. I, you know, I understand people. Hardaway's got an argument. Shaq's got an argument. But I think, like then, that's where to me all the other things start to weigh in with Bosch. What he did those years after him re-signing with the team, how good he was. So I think I'm putting him fourth. But don't you know someone's gonna tweet at me like, how could you do that? You forgot about blank, and that's because I'm doing it off the top of my head and I forgot. But right now I have him fourth. All right. Of all the players Miami had last year, blank will be missed the most versus Milwaukee. I think it's going to be Crowder only because like I mentioned earlier, he shot incredibly well in that series. I, I, that's not the kind of shooter he is. So that, that series was probably a little bit of a fluke for him shooting wise, but the shooting and defense he did in that series, Ariza is a good defender, but he's built differently than Crowder. Um, It's going to be interesting. Of all the new players Miami has this year, Blank will make the biggest impact versus Milwaukee. I think by default, it has to be Ariza just because he is a starter. I would have loved to have picked Oladipo, but I think it's it's Ariza almost by default because most of the rest of the rotation is going to be the same. All good points. I, I think it could be Deadman, but uh, I I'm not, wouldn't be surprised if it's Ariza. Uh, and then lastly, before we wrap up, this is your opportunity. We always go through Rowan's recipes. I don't think you ha- necessarily have a recipe to bring up, but if you've got anything in the gras- gastronomic universe that you feel like sharing with my listeners, this is a good opportunity to do so. You know, I do have something for your listeners today, David, which is, uh, you know, things are getting better in this country. I, I hope that everyone is listening is, vaccinated or at least trying to get vaccinated it's a good thing to do not only for yourself but for your community the people around you if for whatever reason you feel the need to listen to my advice please go get vaccinated so you might be you might be having people over for dinner again you might be inviting old friends over that you haven't seen inside your house for a dinner party i had some friends in town visiting uh the other week and they came over for dinner something i always struggle with i need to put together a quick salad or some kind of side uh what am I going to do? I'm already spending so much time uh, making XYZ. I'm cooking. Let me just tell you, do not sleep on the humble cucumber tomato salad. Okay. Oh, Which I is will exactly always sleep. I, ha- I hate cucumber. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, the, the adults in the room that appreciate Ooh. cucumber um, <laughs> will tell you that it's lovely. It's refreshing. It's crisp. Tomatoes are coming into season now in most places around the country. You can get some good heirloom tomatoes. Just... You know, chop up a cucumber, a nice big cucumber, chop up a tomato or two. You mix it together in a bowl. Here's the key, okay? Don't salt the vegetables until right before you serve them because otherwise they're going to leach out a bunch of water. Um, Unless you have a lot of time to salt them way in advance, um, can drain them properly, et cetera, that would be nice. But otherwise, you just cut those up, little salt, little pepper, Maybe some chili flakes if you're feeling fancy. A little of olive, a little bit of Saucy. olive oil, a little bit of lemon juice. That's it. You got your vegetable side done. You have something healthy on the table. You have something light and fresh to go on with everything else you're serving. Wow. Okay. Uh, and and interestingly enough, Milwaukee Bucks green, Miami Heat red on those heirloom tomatoes. I mean, I, I could see it. It's a classic battle right there, <laughs> in your kitchen on your kitchen being you know being waged out there so uh you know my two-year-old loves cucumbers so i'm not sure how much adulthood has to do well, your with, like, two-year-old cucumbers. has a more sophisticated palate than you so 
yeah, well, cucumbers suck. Uh, they're the <laughs> devil's gherkin. Everybody knows this. Uh, anything to promote? Oh, gosh. Uh, just keep your eyes peeled to SI.com. I'm going to have a bunch of stories coming out in the next couple of weeks, uh, particularly the next couple of days, including one on a, on a former Miami Heat player who is now uh, working somewhere else in the league. So, you know, keep your eyes out. I got a couple of stories out coming out for our playoff preview. And then in our next issue, I have a big story that's not NBA related, but I think will be fun for people to check out. That is awesome. I uh, can't wait to read that. As always, make sure you follow Rowan and all of his incredible work. One of the best out there. Thank you so much for taking the time. And hopefully hopefully, Miami's playoff run will be a, long, a little bit longer than you predict it will be. And you can come back on the show to talk about it. I, I, if they win, I'll come back and, you know, endure my Maoist, my Maoist struggle session. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to see a Rowan's recipe using actual crow meat in there. Not, not really, because that would be barbaric. <laughs> but uh, just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat. Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting the show. Of course, special thanks to Rowan and thanks to all of you. This is David Ramil signing off for now.